Sunday night football, and we go from a great game with the Chiefs and the Chargers to a not so appealing game for the Bears and the Packers, but it should be an interesting showdown slate. I think it's pretty wide open. Pricing is interesting. There's definitely some misprices here, which we'll talk about. But before we get into the pricing and everything, again, guys, if you're a new viewer, welcome to my channel. My name is DK. I cover content for DraftKings and for Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the sponsor of the video. If you guys are a first-time user, you can use my code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. And it's a player prop site, a ton of different ways you can play. They have a lot, and I mean a lot of NFL props up. So yeah, take advantage of that if you are a new user. And yeah, if you guys are looking for that more in-depth content, um, you can check out my Patreon linked down below. But uh, yeah, so before we talk about the player-by-player player breakdown, let's recap uh, Thursday. So Thursday, I feel like I got almost everything right. So let's just, let's recap everything, right? I preferred Herbert over Mahomes. That was a W. I was all over Jarek McKinnon for value. He did great. My favorite, uh, you know, I talked about in the video and, and on the Patreon live stream, I said my favorite GBP captain play is Josh Palmer. He smashed. And honestly, Got a bit unlucky for the amount of targets he got. I think he had like four or five targets to start the game without a catch. And I was like, oh boy, is this really going to happen? But yeah, he still had a solid day. And then I was all over fading Chalk Trey McKitty uh, in tournaments and going to either Noah Gray or Justin Watson as a pivot uh, because I thought they were all similar plays. And I knew that everyone would just chase McKitty, look at his stats, saw they had four targets, and just chase that. And that's what happened, right? So um, McKitty was like almost 20% owned in the millimaker. Justin Watson was 1%. Noah Gray, I think, was 3%. So um, everyone chased McKitty. I said he's fish food. I said just play Noah Gray or Justin Watson for a fraction of the ownership. And Noah Gray had a couple catches. Justin Watson obviously had that big touchdown catch. So if you guys did go to either Noah Gray or Justin Watson, great, great tournament player, right? That's... That's how you're going to be profitable in tournaments, right? You can identify spots like this where the field is overconfident one play where they really shouldn't be. Now, on paper, right, McKitty was not a bad play. He was really cheap. He still played a good chunk of snaps. My issue was it, my issue with the situation was, why was he getting all the ownership and Noah Gray and Justin Watson getting none, right? They were all pretty similar plays, and one guy just got all the ownership. So, um, that was a play that I identified that worked out in a massive, massive way. So I feel like I got almost everything right on the showdown, right? And I still didn't cash. Uh, and the reason is I did not have um, Big Mike Williams. And that basically buried me. And I talked about that in the Patreon live stream, how the guy that I was most scared about fading was Mike Williams, just because the massive ceiling he has the red zone, uh, you know, he's a guy they're going to look to the red zone. And sure enough, it burned me. So let's go over my two GBP lineups. First one was with Josh Palmer, the captain, played both quarterbacks. Travis Kelsey and Juju were both disappointing. That was, I did not expect that. Definitely. That was surprising. And then Justin Watson was my punt play at 1% ownership. So, um, yeah, got, you know, feel a little bit tilted with this lineup because like Kelsey and Juju, the guys that let me down, right? I, I nail 1% Watson. I nailed Josh Palmer in the captain, so, right? It's a little bit frustrating, I'm not going to lie. And this is my other GPP lineup with Jarek McKinnon in the captain. Both quarterbacks, Kelsey, Eckler, Josh Kelly's a punt play, which is fine. But, um, yeah, like I said, no Mike Williams either of those lineups. 
cost me. So um, GPs are tough, right? Uh, you got to get basically everything right. But that's the recap. Hope you guys had a good night uh, on that Thursday night showdown. And again, let's talk about this one. So the Vegas odds right now, it's a 41 and a half over under. The Packers are currently 10 point favorites playing at home. We'll start off with the road bears. At the top, we have Justin Fields at 10.2K. Now, uh, I don't care what happened in the last game, right? Uh, that game was a monsoon in Chicago. I don't put any emphasis into stats at all. Throwing it out, I do not care. Now, I know Fields is not the most accurate quarterback. I know that. Um, but what, what I do care about, obviously, is, is this, right? 11 rushing attempts. So in a game that Chicago should be playing from behind, they're 10-point dogs. Um, you're going to have you know a lot of Justin Fields scrambling opportunities. Um, you know, should be good game script. Again, that rushing floor makes him look like a really good play. Good play in both formats. I like him quite a bit here. I don't care about that stat line whatsoever. Again, the game against San Francisco, I don't care about any of the stat lines in that game. I like Justin Fields in both formats. I think he's a good play. Now, Dave Montgomery at 9K, kind of just fine with it. He did have 17 carries. He didn't do a ton with it. Now, the, the one downside here is... It doesn't look like he's going to be a true bell cow anymore. He saw 38 of the 58 snaps, which is still good. That's still good for a starting running back. But you did see Khalil Herbert play 17. You saw Tristan Ebner play a couple snaps. So Montgomery's not going to be the bell cow back, but he's still going to be very much involved in this offense and uh, will be involved in the pass game too. So I think he's a fine option there at 9K. Darnell Mooney at 7.8K is going to be their number one wide receiver. Like I said, I'm not worried about last game. One catch, don't care. Um, should be good game script. He's their number one wide receiver. I think he's a pretty good play at a sub 8K price point. Um, and if you take a look at the wide receiver snaps, he did play a majority of the game. He played 52 of the 58 snaps. Uh, so yeah, I think Mooney, good play. Like him at 7.8. Going down a bit more. So you have St. Brown at 5.8K. Um, so he played the second most amount of snaps at 44 snaps out of 58. Um, you're getting him at a bit of a discount over... Mooney, however, I probably would just rather pay up a bit more for Mooney. I think the ceiling's a lot higher. But if you wanted to settle for St. Brown in the mid-range, I don't think it's the worst idea. I'm kind of just like indifferent on him. Feels a little pricey, but he's fine. Clear Herbert at 5-2 also feels a little bit pricey. Now, again, he did see 17 snaps, right? So he is their clear running back, too. He is a decent pass catcher as well. Did have one catch and one target. So I think he's, again, just another fair play. Byron Pringle is 5K. Um, I would probably stay away from that. He only played 10 snaps. So um, Dante Pettis actually outsnapped Byron Pringle. So um, unless we hear from beat writers that that's going to change, I, I have a really hard time going there. And then, yeah, Dante Pettis, uh, kind of a surprise. He caught the one touchdown, but he played the third most amount of snaps. And, and that was something we weren't really expecting. He played 23 of the 58 snaps. Again, Moody and St. Brown played the most. But um, they didn't run a lot of three through wide receiver sets. Obviously, you can see only 23 at the 58, but that was the third most at wide receiver. So still feels a bit pricey, right? Um, if he's only played about a third of the game. So the other wide receivers, the Bears, kind of tough to prioritize. Uh, Cairo Santos is at 4K, I think is fine. Um, I think I'd rather go to the Packers kicker, which is a little more confident in their offense. But that doesn't make Santos out of play. Santos will also be a lot lower owned. The Bears defense, I mean, this is projected to be a lower scoring game, right? Uh, 41 and a half over under. They're not completely out of play. It always comes down to ownership for defense. If the Bears defense is going to be very, very low on, you can look to them in tournaments. But we see in situations like this where it's a low total. Like we'll talk about the Packers defense. 
it feels like always the defense goes way over-owned in the showdown state, right? Because the Broncos do were almost 40% owned in the millimaker. That is awful ownership. A defense should never, ever be that popular. I don't care if I'm playing quarterback. The defense should not be 40% owned. So, um, yeah, defense will come down to ownership. We'll talk about the Packers, who we'll see the ownership will, will come in on them. But your Bears, just more of a dart throw in, in tournaments. And then I, I think a pretty mispriced play here is Cole Komet. Like I said, I put no emphasis into that last game. Zero. I don't care that he didn't have a catch. Doesn't matter to me. He played 48 of the 58 snaps. Um, he's a good pass-catching tight end. This should be good game script, right? This should be playing from behind, and he's only $2,000. So I-, I think he looks like a very, very good option there. And then if you're looking for just punt plays, uh, Ryan Griffin did play 31 snaps, and he is, where is he at? He's the flat min $200. Now, if we go off, again, what we've seen the last, like, little over a year in these shutdown sites, just lock in all these backup tight ends to score. So he did have two targets. He's $200. Just wanted to mention him. Um, let's see. Was there anything else? Smith-Marset played three snaps. Uh, you had, again, Ebner played four snaps. The fullback, Blossom game, played 11 snaps. There's really nothing else here um, that I'm looking to for the Bears. Let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. So pricing, a little bit weird here. I'll, I'll just say that, for, for, especially for running back. So I'm not sure I understand why Aaron Jones is that much more pricey than A.J. Dillon. Like, I know he's, he's the better pass catcher of the two, but it was basically a 50-50 split. You saw 31 snaps for Dillon, 37 snaps for Aaron Jones. Like, I, I do agree Jones should be a little bit more pricey than Dylan, but he's almost $4,000 more expensive. So um, 12.2K, that doesn't mean Aaron Jones is out of play. Like, he can still have a good game. I just don't think this price difference should be that much, right? So I still like Jones. I still think he's viable. But, I mean, if you're going to make me pick between the two backs, I would just rather lean to A.J. Dillon, who also had six targets and 10 carries. So both Packers backs are firmly in play. Um, if you think this is going to be a Packers onslaught, you could play them both. If you think the Packers just destroy the Bears, um, yeah, you, you can play both running backs here. But I think if you're going to make me pick, it's going to be A.J. Dillon. Now, if we're talking tournaments, right, and we're thinking about ownership, A.J. Dillon, in my opinion, will be a lot more popular than Jones for this discount. So Jones probably comes in at lower ownership because of the price point, which, um, again, makes him viable for GPPs. And then Aaron Rodgers at 10-6. Obviously, that game uh, against the Vikings was not great. But um, this is a game that the Packers are, are decent-sized favorites. I think he's a fine option. Um, the wide receivers are the question mark here for the Packers, right? They don't have a ton of talent. So that is a little bit concerning. But it is still Aaron Rodgers. Um, he can go off any single game. So definitely uh, viable there at the top. Wide receiver. So... This is where things get really tricky. Um, Alan Lazard is 9-4. Now, he's been practicing the last couple days. He missed last game with an ankle injury. I expect him to play. But, like, he should be their wide receiver one. But, like, are they going to pepper him with targets like they did, like, Devontae Adams? I don't think so. So, like, the price point of Lazard feels a little much, right? But, man, he should be their wide receiver one. It's just a question of, like, is he really just going to be like their go-to guy? I don't see Lazard just being the guy that they just pepper with targets, right? So that's our price point, a little bit much. And we talked about Dylan. I think he's the much better play over uh, Aaron Jones factoring in price. And you have Sammy Watkins at 
And like behind Lazard, we just we don't really know what's going to happen here. I, I really don't. Um, so it was basically four guys that played a majority of the game. Um, and they all played relatively similar snaps. So you had Randall Cobb playing out of the slot. He played 37 snaps. We'll talk about him. The backup slot receiver Winfrey only played nine. So I think like Cobb's role doesn't change a ton. Like he's still going to be their slot wide receiver, but the other wide receivers are where it gets riskier, right? Cause you had Dobbs play 35 snaps. Watson played 40 snaps. Sammy Watkins played 41 snaps. So what's going to happen now the snaps for Dobbs, Watson, and Watkins with Lazard mostly coming back. Well, they're obviously going to go down, but who's going to get the biggest downgrade, right? If you take a look at the depth chart, they do have the two rookies as number four and five. So you would think that those guys get the most affected by Lazard coming back. But even like factoring that in, like Watkins at 7-2, not a great price point, right? I think he could lose some snaps too. I think he's pretty much dust at this point in his career, to be honest. So, like, not a not a great price for Sammy Watkins either. At tight end, um, also, Robert Tunyon does feel a bit pricey. Now, he played 22 snaps of the 61. That's not great. But he did play a 19 passing play. So, I think he is pretty clearly still their, their tight end one, their, their best pass catcher. But only playing about a third of the game in a game they're playing from behind. I don't love that. I don't love that. So, um, yeah, he had five targets. But, again, the snap counts are a bit concerning for him. And then you have Romeo Dobbs, Cobb, and Watson. In my opinion, the safest of the bunch is Cobb, right? Because he's their slot wide receiver. The backup slot wide receiver is Winfrey. So, like, I don't think he gets affected too much, to be honest, with Lazard coming back. I think it's, again, Watkins, Watson, and Dobbs that really take that hit. And you have Dobbs at 5'6". Watson at 4-6. I mean, Dobbs had four catches and five targets. Watson dropped that, like, 75-yard touchdown. Watson's technically ahead of Dobbs and was the higher draft pick. So I guess if I had to lean between the two rookies, I would slightly prefer Watson for the discount. But, yeah, wide receiver for Green Bay is, like, it's kind of gross. Um, The Packers D. All right, so this is what I want to talk about. What is the ownership going to be in the Packers D? Because obviously they're a solid play on paper. If you take a look at the Vegas odds, they are, again, 10-point favorites with a low total. The Bears are not expected to score a ton of points. But this is pretty similar to the Broncos-Seahawks game on Monday night, and the Broncos D got 40% ownership in the Millimaker. So not factoring in ownership, I think the Packers are, defense are a solid play. But if they get to close to 40% ownership in the Millimaker, I want absolutely none of them. Okay? So it really comes down to ownership with the defense for me. Um, going to kicker, Mason Crosby, I think I prefer him to uh, Bears kicker. Just a little more confident with the Packers offense. Now, there are some punt plays because the Packers ran four tight ends. So, again, back, the backup tight ends and the showdown slates. Here we go. So, Deguara had two catches and two targets, and he played 15 snaps. He ran a route on 11 of those. So, Tunyon played 22 snaps. Deguara wasn't too far behind. He played 15. And again, ran a route on 11 of those. So, I think he's viable as a punt play. Again, Winfrey did play behind Cobb, only played nine snaps. It's really just a dart throw, right? I don't think he plays much. He might not even play at all. We'll see. And then there's even a couple other guys that are viable. Tyler Davis 
third string tight end or fourth string tight end, whatever. He had one catch on one target. He played 15 snaps. He played uh, on um, eight passing plays. So like, yeah, he's a viable putt play. You can even look to the veteran who's absolute dust in Mercedes Lewis. He played 23 snaps. Now he only ran a route on six of those. So he's more in there for blocking, but four tight ends played for the Packers. They're all viable on this slate. That is it. I think, I don't think there's anything else I wanted to mention. Um, Again, the Packers only had two active running backs on the depth chart, unless they call someone up. Colin Hill's injured. So um, just expected to be a lot of Jones and Dylan. So it's a weird one, right? It's a weird showdown site because a lot of guys are mispriced. Like a lot of these Packers wide receivers are overpriced. A lot of the, even the Bears wide receivers are overpriced. Um, You know, I think Matt is definitely underpriced, but it's a tricky slate. It's going to be a fun one, I think, for showdown and for game theory and all that. But yeah, guys, so that's going to wrap it up for the video. Again, if you have been enjoying the content, just make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Just so you know what for when future content comes out. I appreciate you guys as always. Hopefully I have some big winners Sunday night and I'll see you all in the next one.